Hello and welcome to the Geeks at the Gates Thought Bubble Specials. This is the third, count them, third of the specials. Uh, it was supposed to come out on Friday, but it's taken me ages to get it edited, largely because I've been enjoying what's been on Thought Bubble. Uh, so this is a chat I had with the writer Fraser Campbell about all of his work. I'm not going to tell you what all that, what that work is because it all comes up in the conversation. Um, if you are still awaiting more of our Dungeons and Dragons action, don't worry, that is coming. But again, editing and getting everything sorted out has taken longer than intended. So there you go. Uh, there will be links in the show notes, uh, full details of that after this. So yeah, here we are. No thought bubbles this year. No, missing so, it already, to be honest. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough going. Obviously, I, I I go down from from Scotland every year for it. I've been going since what twenty eleven. So yeah, really, it's it's just become a big part of my year. I take like a week off yeah. work and stuff, and yeah, and it's you know it's a, a weekend where I see a lot of people I don't see normally every year. So uh, yeah, really missing it. Yeah. It's a real bummer. Yeah, exactly <laughs> but, the same, except I don't, I don't have to go quite as far. Well, it's handy for you now, but even handier than before. Oh, brilliant now. Yeah, no, it's fantastic now. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully this is it and we'll be able to do it again next year. And, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of optimistic for November 2021. I, th- I think we might just be about back to something approaching normal, at least, if not normal. Yeah, well... That would be nice, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we, I don't know how quickly we'll get there or if it's realistic to expect to be able to do conventions uh, next year, but uh, well, hopefully we shall see. Yeah. In the meantime, we get to do digital. Exactly, yeah. And thank God for Zoom. Yeah, thank goodness, indeed. Uh, yeah, I'm learning all about these things. I'm learning about Microsoft Teams. I'm learning about Zoom, Skype, stuff like that, all these. Uh, yeah, I knew about Skype before, but none of the rest of them, none of the... Yeah, no, uh, Zoom, Zoom was new to me in March. But it's amazing, really. I, can you imagine if this this had happened in the eighties? Well, exactly. Yeah, we'd all be. Uh, I don't know. We'd all be. I don't know. Writing notes to each other or something. Yeah, there'd have been there'd have been queues around the block for the payphone. Yeah, probably. Because yeah. I don't know about you, but I knew loads of people in the eighties who didn't even have phones in their houses, let alone in their pockets. Yeah. Well, I didn't. When I first uh, moved out of my parents' house, I didn't have a phone yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, one, yeah. Now look at us, video phones. I know, crazy. I know, well, that's it. Yeah, so, you're, so you've got a wee supercomputer in your pocket. Everybody's got a wee, you know, thank goodness for them. Otherwise, we'd be even Absolutely. less connected. Yeah, I don't know where it'd have been the last six or seven months without Netflix and uh, Zoom. And, and good old comics. And good old comics, yeah. Um, so the idea of these is that they're just like 15-minute little snatches of conversation, such as we might have if... We were actually in the convention hall at Thought Bubble, and uh, sure. And I was running around with my little recorder, going, "Do you just have five minutes mm-hmm. to chat for a second? Which is what I tend to do at Thought Bubble. So it was frozen. Point. We met our old friend. Technical difficulties. Fortunately, they were short-lived. I'm not quite sure what happened there. Ah, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, these the, these things tend to you know, fall in <laughs> and out every again. We use Cisco at my work. Cisco meetings. And I'm so used to having to log back into video calls now. It's uh, it was annoying at first, and now it's just second nature. Yeah. So anyway, we're we're back. We're here. We're back. Hey. So if we were standing at your table at Thought Bubble, what would you be uh-huh. telling me? Eh, uh, well, if it was Thought Bubble this year, we would probably have made some effort to get uh, index printed by now. 
uh, which we just finished up with on Kickstarter. This is uh, a comic book I did with uh, Lucy Sullivan of uh, Marking Fame. Mm-hmm. It's got a sort of lo-fi sci-fi comic, a one-shot that we did together, and we've just finished a couple of weeks ago funding that on Kickstarter. Did very well. Lots and lots of backers, which was uh, a real thrill to see. But obviously, because uh, Kickstarter hasn't happened this year... <laughs> Corrections and clarifications. Obviously, Kickstarter has been happening this year. All year, Fraser actually meant Thought Bubble. Uh, uh, thankfully, like me, like like every everybody else making indie comics in Britain, I haven't had to scramble to try and get a new book ready for, for the show. Uh, so we're taking pre-orders for it just now at my, uh, at my website. And uh, we're just actually putting the, the print files together to send them off to, to the printers and they'll be going off to backers soon and then to pre-order Purchasers uh, shortly after that. Yep. So that would probably be the first thing I would show you, because yep. it's the newest, shiniest thing. This is this will be going out this week, so do people still have time to get in on the pre-order for that? You can still pre-order, yes, if you go to uh, cabalcomics.bigcartel.com. You can pre-order digital or print copies of that. Uh, Excellent. You've just, missed, you've just missed out on the Kickstarter. Uh, but yeah, we, we, you, you can pre-order if you want. I can't imagine there are too many people out there that didn't hear about the Kickstarter if they follow me or know me, but uh, <laughs> because I was pretty vocal about it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, if you if you hadn't heard about it and you yeah you like the sound of it, then uh, then yeah you can uh, you can pre-order it from the from the site. So what's the what's the what's the pitch for Index? Well, the pitch for Index is, as I said, it's a, it's a kind of lo-fi sci-fi, a week or a kind of dust bowl sci-fi, a kind of a Steinbecky, children of men kind of thing. And it's basically about a young woman called Meredith who wakes up to find out that she has been indexed. And that means that she's been placed on a register of undesirables uh, who become uh, kind of non-persons within the society she, she lives in. Uh, she can't walk, she can't live anywhere, people can't speak to her, that kind of thing. Uh, and the sort of the cruelest aspect of this is that you never find out why you've been placed on the index. So she uh, leaves home and follows a clue that she finds that there might be other people like her in a nearby city. So the story's about what happens to her on the way to the city and what she finds when she gets there. Cool. Sounds right on my street, actually. And believe it or not, I actually did miss the Kickstarter. I don't well, there know, you go. I don't know how, because preparing for this this chat this evening, I've sort of been looking back over your Twitter, and, yeah, you were pretty vocal about it. So how the hell I missed it is beyond me. Well, there you go. That's Twitter for you. That's the algorithm. Uh, sometimes yeah. you just, uh, you know, sometimes people see every tweet you you put out sometimes you see you know one in five whatever I don't know it's it's odd I mean I think uh, it's between you know depending on how many backers uh, how many backers how many followers you've got I think about between two and ten percent of your followers see any one tweet you know so yeah. it's uh, it's a, which is why you have to go scattergun on Twitter it's it's annoying if you're an avid follower or somebody and uh, they're doing nothing but hammering their Kickstarter, the you know, for the whole month or however long it's on, but uh, but you do have to do that uh, to make best use of the you know, the kind of only free sort of you know, well, one of the only free sort of mass communication resources that you've got, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so yes, it is, don't feel bad, <laughs> it's possible to miss it. Uh, as I say, that's why I 
I always uh, post a gif of that uh, that that poor girl being chased by the guy with the with the trumpet or was it the trombone? I don't know if you've ever seen that gif. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because that's basically what I'm doing to most of my followers uh, during a during a Kickstarter. Uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, as, you're as not... you say, as a as a as an independent publisher, that, that's what you've got to do. Oh yeah, because you know it's it's the only way. You can get. You can be sure that people who would want to see your work are going to see it. Yeah, I mean, without Twitter, I mean, I don't use Facebook so much, but I know a lot of people who do. Uh, I don't use Facebook simply because I, I don't like it. Uh, That's fair enough. For, for for all the reasons people don't like Facebook, and also I, I think it's a really clunky, horrible interface, and, and yeah, it's just not fun to use. It's uh, not, every time they improve it, they make it worse. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of just constantly improving things uh, and, make, and making them you know, less user-friendly than they used to be. That does seem to be something that a lot of people do just to stay in a job. <laughs> you know, they, they improve things worse, if that's, a, if that's an expression. Uh, makes sense. But, yeah, it's, uh, so, so, yeah, a, a lot of people, yeah, you have to use those, uh, you know, these social media resources because otherwise, you know, I mean, I know... To an extent, if you're even if you're using the social media resources, you're kind of screaming into the void to an extent. But you know, you know, there are other people in that void who may or may not uh, hear what you're shouting. Uh, whereas, obviously, if you didn't use those resources, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to remember trying to do uh, your know, zines and self-published comics back in the days before social media, and it's you know, you, you know, it broadens you know, social media broadens your your reach. Uh, infinitely, you know. I mean, before I used to do zines and comics where I grew up in Ayrshire in, in Scotland, and you know, I mean, if I got my, my stuff into like sort of local pubs and record shops and stuff like that, then I was happy because that was uh, that was as 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 broadly as I could reach out at that point. And now, you know, it's it's great. You can get people from all over the world uh, buying your stuff, which is amazing. Yeah, it's, it is astonishing. I mean, I, I'm in my late forties. Um, I look at what I mean. I, I I tried to to do my own sort of little self published comic when I was at university. It was terrible. But they always are the ones. Yeah, I, mean, I was. I was. <laughs> it was impossible to get it in front of anybody. I, I you know, I, I I went around all the local comic shops, all three of them. You know, and that was the extent of my range, which with mm-hmm. hindsight is really good because that means almost because saw nobody it. saw it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah. But when I, I think now of like the resources that people just starting out have got, in, just for communication and publicity, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I mean I don't know. In, in a way, it, it's quite interesting because I'm like you. I'm, I would be embarrassed if uh, people saw a lot of my early efforts. Uh, although you know I'm proud of them in, in a way because they're you know they're, they're steps on a journey, I suppose. But I wouldn't really want anybody to see them. Uh, but you know, people start now. Now people start now making comics. Now have to be have to be great right off the bat. And yeah. I'm not really noticing a lot of people who aren't. If you know I what I mean, say, what's yeah, terrifying is that everybody is great really right off the bat. Yeah, I, I don't know how there are, there are so many young people who are so good. Yeah, I know the the standards in British indie comics is incredibly high. I mean, it's good. It's good in America and and, and various other countries as well, but. Here it's tremendous, but you know Britain and Ireland is you know really knocking it out of the park from all, for all all varieties of comics. 
all sort of different levels of you know sizes of projects and stuff like that, or you know the, the intended sort of scope of, of projects, right? You know, stuff from your slice of life sort of diary stuff, right up to stuff that I guess is intended to compete with, you know, with the stuff on 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 the racks and stores like yourselves. It's, the standards are enormously high, and it is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you know, uh, you know. Uh, it's incredible to see and and very hard to try and keep up with. <laughs> but you, but it's good because you know you if you if you do make a comic that makes a wee bit of an impact, you know that uh, you know you're 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 punching at the same weight of a, as a lot of really great people, which is, well, which is really encouraging. As a as a retailer, yeah, there was a time when if you went to a comic shop, if they had any indie stuff at all, it was sort of on its own little shelf in the corner somewhere, and it was photocopied on somebody's works photocopier and it and it looked amateurish yeah whereas yeah. now as, as a retailer i put indie comics on the same rack as dc and marvel and image because well, their yeah. production values are as high yeah well that's something that really uh struck me and I, I mean i hadn't written any comics really since i was at college university mm-hmm. uh, and maybe you know my, my early years of working when i worked in like comic shops and record shops and stuff like that before i had to get you know, a proper job and pay real bills and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> but so, so, I mean, I'd, yeah, I'd sort of packed that away, really, and I'd, I'd sort of moved on to other kinds of writing. I did some plays and some comedy writing and stuff for radio and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hadn't really considered comics. I was, I'd always been a fan. I'd always stayed a fan, but I'd never really considered making comics, part, you know, mainly because of that reason, because there was never, you know, you, you couldn't really compete production values-wise with professional stuff. Uh, so it was always like, you know, like you say, it was obvious when somebody had made their own book uh, and you were sort of stuck in a ghetto, really. Mm. Uh, some people were interested in, you know, wee zines and, and, and Xerox comics, but not a lot of people. It was difficult to get out of that. So, uh, yeah, I went to Thought Bubble in 2011 with my pals. Uh, first comic convention I'd been to for years and had my eyes really opened up by what people were doing and what people were able to do and how far, you know, uh, small press printing had come. And, you know, that was one of the main reasons why I thought, I could really, you know, I could could do this again. Mm. And uh, it took a few years thereafter to actually put anything together. But, but yeah, that was was when I realised that it was something that you could do uh, and and do to a standard that it wouldn't look out of place on, on just a normal rack in a comic book store yeah yeah and it's, it's it's really thought bubble seems to have had that effect on quite a lot of people yeah, yeah it's, uh, well yeah it's, it's it's intimidating to an extent because as we've just discussed a lot of this stuff is really excellent and a very very high standard uh but it's also really inspiring because you if you do have a story in you or you feel that you want to try something then uh you know you, there's ample evidence there of people who have you know, from all mm. circumstances, backgrounds, who have managed to pull something together. So, you know, it, it gives you a wee kick up the butt, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as you say, there is just, just everything there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's... it's, it's uh... So we've talked about um, Indexed. If I was standing at your table, speaking of mm-hmm. the amazing variety of stuff there is at Thought Bubble, what else would be there? Well, let, let, me, let me grab a few... <laughs> a few items for you. Um... Uh... What have we got here? Okay. A few wee things. Uh, this is uh, House of Sweets. Uh, this is, I, I tend to do, I've got, I've got a couple of series on the go, but I tend to do one shots. I like to do 
nice done in one mm-hmm. uh, books that somebody can just buy and take away kind of thing. I've done a couple of comics uh, with my friend Ian Laurie, uh, kind of weird psychological stuff. So this is The Edge Off, and this is uh, House of Sweets. Uh, the Edge Off, which we have a nice Frank Quietly. I just thought it was that Frank Quietly cover. It was, uh, yeah, yes. Uh, Ian and I uh, uh, know Vinny quite well, so uh, we, we managed to strong arm him into <laughs> doing uh, a, a lovely favour for us, actually, and, and did the, the variant for the book. So this is, basically, we asked ourselves the question, what would it look like if David Lynch directed a Jason Statham movie and just combined all the stuff we liked about action movies with stuff that we liked about, you know, sort of weird out there horror and psychological trippy stuff and a sort of magic realism thing that, that Lynch does. So, uh, you know, you've got quite a lot of violence in it, but, uh, but you see kind of stylized the violence with like, people's heads popping like balloons and things like that and uh, just sort of adding these sort of weird trippy elements to it. Uh, so that's 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 basically what what that's about. That's the story of mob enforcer who wakes up to find that his daughter's been kidnapped by an adversary, but he's also been spiked with a psychotropic drug that means that he doesn't really know what he can rely on in terms of what he's seeing and hearing. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's his uh, attempt to to find his daughter under those circumstances. So that's the edge off uh, House of Sweets, which we did a couple of years later, is a slightly different pace to it. It's more of a kind of Bergman-y kind of psychological horror. This is about two siblings who go back to their uh, sort of childhood holiday home, a cabin in the woods. One of them is trying to finish a novel and the other one's sort of uh, needing a bit of time after a difficult breakup. And uh, sort of secrets uh, from the past, sort of long since buried, start to re-emerge from the woods to and, and begin to take over their lives to, to chilling effect. And again, it's got your uh, classic sort of Ian Laurie weird uh, off-kilter and unsettling artwork in there. So that's uh, a couple of books I've done with Ian. Uh, the series I do with my friend uh, James Corcoran is called Alex Automatic. That is a kind of uh, psychedelic super spy adventure story about a, super, uh, a, a government agent called Alex Anderson, who is subjected to uh, experiments meant to enhance his abilities, but instead they uh, they shatter his mind and leave him trapped in a delusion that he is a cyborg super spy hero for a 70s TV show called Alex Automatic. So he does have you know various skills and and and, uh, and things like that, being a being a trained agent, but he thinks he can do more than than he actually can. Uh, so we've done five issues of that. The last issue of that was a a double issue, a four or five. Uh, flip book double issue that we did so we've got copies of that available we're also going to be doing a trade of that next year uh, oh. pulling together all the all the sort of content we've done for that uh, so far yeah you did ask so there is there's, there's <laughs> keep more going. Uh, yeah this is uh, Sleeping Dogs this is the first book that I did in 2015 it is a Glasgow set crime thriller with a wee sort of superhero edge to it I basically pitch it as a uh, the Raid meets Dead Man's Shoes. So it's got a sort of action heart, but it's uh, it's got a bit of British sync drama, social realism in there as well. And be, again, this is about a, a sort of reformed Glasgow hardman, a Glasgow gangster, who sort of finds himself sort of drawn back into the world that he's left behind when his son's murdered by a prevalent uh, local drug dealer. And again, as, as I say, it's... Uh, this was done by myself, I wrote it, and uh, the artwork was done by an Argentinian 
artist called Lutaro Caprisco, who did a lovely job, as you can see from that. Absolutely bloodthirsty cover. So there's uh, so there's that. If you like sort of John Carpenter style action, John Carpenter style action with a wee bit of heart, then you know that's that's a good one for you. That's a done in one as well. Uh, what else have I got? Uh, we've got Art of Steel, which is a wee bit more of a sort of light-hearted, kind of more of a it's still a sort of crime drama, but it's also a kind of fun sort of caper comic. This is uh, set in uh, a, a sort of futuristic moon city called Alpha City. Uh, it's about a young woman who steals a transplant heart to save her dying brother. Uh, unfortunately, the only viable heart belongs to a local gangster, and so the story is about the various people who are chasing this girl all over the city, trying to get this extremely valuable uh, transplant organ back while she tries to evade the police, gangsters and various other people who are trying to do that and, and deliver the heart to her brother before uh, before it's too late. Uh, finally, we've got Knockout in Tiger style. Uh, now, I don't actually have copies of this. You'd have to hit up the Tribute Press guys for this, who are Adam Falp and Tony Esmond. Uh, I've just got a few copies of this, but not enough to uh, go on my store. It's uh, a comic I wrote for Adam, uh, and it's basically a fairly unapologetic tribute to 80s sort of uh, Marvel Bronze Age action comics. Lots of action, lots of fighting, lots of quips, uh, lots of kung fu, and uh, it was a, a ton of fun. As you can see, there's, uh, there's lots, of, lots yeah. of cracking action in there. Now, I Very can, sort of 80s style. And I so can basically, see that you can write up Tony Esmond Street, actually. Yeah, well, it was, it was a lot of fun to do, and uh, Adam's art style obviously really, really suits it. Yeah. Uh, so, really, we, we kind of imagined what it would be like to, to be working in the Marvel bull, bullpen in the 80s and, and what we would do with a kind of uh, a street level kung fu comic book. So, that's Knockout and Tiger style. The guys at Tribute Press will sort out for a copy of that. This is issue one, issue two will be coming next year. And that is more or less all my wheels. Now, that all looks absolutely fantastic. Um, I, 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 I have read some of those, not all of them. So I'd need to clearly get myself sorted and uh, well, yeah. bring myself, I'll get myself over. If I can plug it to uh, uh, cabalcomics.bigcartel.com, they're all there. I would Digital enjoy or, I would Digital enjoy or print everybody to go and check that out and spend a lot of money because, because you should money please <laughs> and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll stick some links in the show notes for this as well brilliant thank you just to make sure that uh, that people can find you easily um and if people want to follow you on the social medias can they do that yes i i mean i'm normally lingering on twitter uh so you can find me at uh at Fraser C69, not trying to imply anything dirty, that's just uh, my date of birth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so f- at Fraser C69, uh, you'll find me on Twitter. That's, you know, if anybody's ever trying to track me down, that's usually where they try and get me. Terrible at answering my phone and stuff like that. You'll always see me rage tweeting, trying to promote a comic book or something. You never do on, that. I know. I try not to, but you get sucked in sometimes. Usually what I try to do on Twitter is try and be an antidote to that kind of thing and stick up daft jokes and, and just, you know, retweet people's creative endeavours and just try and fill the timeline full of nice creative stuff. But, you know, you, you occasionally get drawn into making some sort of angry remark because it's that a cause of it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, that's what it's there for. It's trying to get you riled up. 
Uh, you see, you see, I I haven't got a personal Twitter. I used to have. Uh, you, but I forgot you just called them for this So I'm only on Twitter as the shop, and so I have uh, to remain, pol- you know, sort of politics free and pro. So yeah. hard. Yeah, sometimes it is. Uh, yeah, as I say, you know, people tweet stuff deliberately to get you worked up. So mm. it's hard not to, but you have to try and just go right. I'm no rising to the bay. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, try and remember, you know, it doesn't really matter whether you respond or not. Yeah. Um, Nobody ever won an argument on the yeah. internet. Well, that's it, exactly. I, I said, don't feel too bad if you get pulled in, because that is exactly what the, the algorithm's trying to do. You know, <laughs> you've just been, you've just been, you know, nobody escapes, I don't think, without, I don't think there's, there can be, I mean, I've had a Twitter account since like 2010, I think. And I don't think there's anybody with a Twitter account for that length of time who's never been drawn into a stupid argument for no reason, yeah. uh, you know, for no good reason anyway. But uh, so yeah, but generally speaking, I do try and get, put good vibes <laughs> into the timeline. And generally, but, uh, you do. But that's, where, but that's where you'll find me. And as I say, find me at say you find the comics at say cabalcomics.bigcartel.com. And uh, yeah, yeah, everything that I've uh, showed you there, all available there, apart from Knockout and Tiger Style, which you can get from the Tribute guys. Right. Um, so as I say, I would encourage everyone to go and do that. And now this this conversation that I promised you would be 15 minutes tops is now nearly half an hour long. This is my, oh, I'm a rambler. I can't help. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, but if I was standing in real life at your table at Thought Bubble, you would now be wishing I would start off so that you could actually serve the people who were standing behind me wanting to spend real money. And so with that in mind, uh, I will <laughs> I will trespass no further on your evening. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, no bother, Reggie. Nice to talk to you, man. And, and you, man. And uh, hopefully I will see you for actual real at some point in time. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be so good? That is my greatest wish, honestly. I really... Uh... I really, uh, it's very difficult to get across how much I am missing this event this year. Uh, Comic yeah. Buds in general, I'm having a hard time missing, but Thought Bubble is my big social blowout of the year. You know, I mean, I really love it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to make the best of it and like everybody else and trying to be upbeat about it only being jilled this year and arranging chats with people like yourselves and other folk and stuff. Uh, so I've got a couple of wee things lined up, but. It ain't the same, and I can't wait. I hope uh, I hope it does get back to normal yeah. next year. Yeah, uh, I, I, mean. I, I just want to see my friends again. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure like you like you you also have like a bunch of people that you've known for years, but you actually only see them once a year. Well, that's true. I mean, a lot a lot of them uh, I only see once a year. I go down with a couple of friends that uh, we've been going every year. You know since since that first year and the group sort of sometimes gets a little bit bigger sometimes gets uh, a, a little bit but it's always there's always been a core of three of us that yeah. have always gone and i wouldn't see them this year either and spend the weekend with them and you know you know what it's like you know you spend a lot of time with people that you don't see as much as you'd like to you get a chance to have a couple of nice meals a few drinks it's uh it's a great it's a great weekend and a lovely occasion and yeah um, uh, yeah, it's a real sore one that we're missing it this year. But as I say, we, we try and we try and make the best of it. And Absolutely. at least uh, one of, one of the things uh, that I, you know that, that I, I hope I'll be able to do, although I will be uh, checking out the other halls in Thought Bubble. By the way, I am in the on the Thought Bubble pages in the Valhalla Hall. Oh well, because uh, I I forgot to ask you that. But uh, so I will be checking out the other the other halls there and seeing what everybody's got. 
but I just hope I, you know, it's, you know, I, I hope I come, you know, I'm, I, at least I know I'm not going to be coming home with empty pockets and uh, <laughs> in the way that I normally do after a thought bubble weekend when I'm going, oh, what, God, happened? Yes. what happened to all my money? And so I'm usually kind of, what? What, what did it, eh? Yeah. You know, no. Yeah, you just, you just see so much stuff. I've had a I've had a stall at Thought Bubble since I took over the comic shop in 2016, and I have never ever made any money at Thought Bubble because I always spend all of it. Oh, yeah, if I take I know, money at Thought Bubble, I spend it at Thought Bubble. It's yeah. I mean, I think anybody who is actually good, I mean, good good for them if they have the discipline to just keep the money in their pocket. I mean, but if you're a comic, people. yeah, if you're a comic fan at all, you will not come home having. I mean, you might well have made a profit. But you've you've you'll have spent that profit on yourself, kind of thing, you know. Yeah. You 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 ain't depositing money on that on, on the Monday, <laughs> you know that you're thinking. Well, I never needed that. But in a way, what's uh, lovely is that all the storeholders do that. So yeah. it's like everybody's supporting everybody else, and in in some ways, all that money just stays in the comics community. Well, it does to an extent, uh, and and yeah, you know, which I suppose makes it sound a wee bit like a circle jerk, but it's not really because. Uh, yeah, everybody who makes these comics is a comics fan, and you know the support is is one thing, but uh, the genuine love of other people's books and the excitement that that generates is a real thing, you know. And it's always, you know, you know, you, you always find you know ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty people who who whose stuff you buy every single year. And the other great thing about it is. You'll always find, you know, a good few surprises in there as well. Mm. You'll find new people. You'll find new books. I found, you know, two or three incredible things last year when I'm going like, you know, where's this been hiding kind of thing? You know, you always find something that's, uh, that blows you away that you, you hadn't seen before and you weren't aware of. Uh, so <laughs> it just means that the next year, uh, your list of must-buys just grows as, uh, as you become a fan of more and more people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, again, something that I'm just missing horribly this year. Yeah, I know. But yeah, try and look on the bright side. We're all, we're all, we're all saving money. <laughs> and yeah, which means we'll have more money to spend in 2021. Well, that's true, yeah. Theoretically. In th- I guess <laughs> in theory. If I haven't blown it on pizza before then. Exactly. <laughs> okay, and I really will let you go. Thank well, you. Right. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Fraser. Uh, I really do appreciate uh- it. Links to... All of Fraser's comics are in the show notes. Uh, and you can find his Thought Bubble stand in Valhalla. That's it, yep. It's the Valhalla Hall, yeah. Uh, so I would encourage everyone to go and check that out. There we have it. Uh, as I said... Full details of where to find Fraser's comics can be found in the show notes over at www.destinationvenus.co.uk. Click on the blog button at the top left of the homepage and look for Geeks at the Gates Thought Bubble Specials 3. Uh, And the the full title of that, I think, is um, indexed. Uh, So, I will let you get back to the main event. Uh, if you are listening to this as it drops, it is Sunday and there is still plenty of Thought Bubble to go. And if it's not Sunday and you've missed it, you know what? It's online still. Go and have a look at everything that was on offer. Thought Bubble has been amazing this year. Uh, less amazing perhaps for being online, although that did have its advantages, as discussed in some of these interviews. Um, 
And so uh, we will leave it there. We will see you on Wednesday for more Geeks at the Gates, possibly sooner if I can get a D&D special sorted out for you. Uh, but whenever it is, until we meet again, be kind to yourself, be kind to everybody else. Above all else, stay safe, stay geeky. Until next time, when we meet at the gates. Thank you for listening to the Geeks at the Gate podcast. us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geeks at the gate or contact us on Twitter at geeks at the gates or contact us by email on mail for geeks at the gates at gmail.com that is the number four not the word geeks at the gates is a production of Venus Rising Media and is proudly made in Yorkshire